1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Ah yeah,
0: five minutes after five o'clock on a Wednesday morning. It is mild outside this morning. If you're headed out for chores, I'll bet you notice it. Today we're going to see daytime highs bounce up to around 43 degrees. Not much sunshine. It's going to stay cloudy, but like I said, 43 are expected high tomorrow, all the way up to 50 degrees again. Cloudy and a little rainy on Thursday, but 50 degrees the expected high. Friday we cool down to 35, Saturday back up to 40, and Sunday back up to 44 degrees. So a little bit of a break. Honestly, I'm grateful for it. I know it makes the field conditions pretty tough. But boy, when you start thinking about snow at the end of October and hanging on until... March or April, well, I'm just glad for a little bit of a break. We'll talk more weather with Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, all this wet corn we've been harvesting around the state of Wisconsin has put an extreme stress on our propane supplies to try to dry that crop down. Caitlin Riley is going to join us from La Crosse after 5.30 with an update on what the propane situation really is around the upper Midwest. And before 6 o'clock, it's time again for the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Bob Carl's Executive Director of the Wisconsin Soybean Association joins us with a quick preview.
2: Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage
0: and helped our dairy
3: grow for the next generation.
4: At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges, and our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compere.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider and MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved.
0: Well, here we are, uh, kind of in the home stretch of 2019. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And that's exactly why we have to keep a closer and closer eye on what transpires out in Washington, D.C. Scott, there's a lot of policy related issues, not the least of which is the U.S. Mexico Canada agreement that agriculture's got a big vested interest in keeping an eye on.
5: That's absolutely correct, Pam. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Yeah, international trade issues have been in the news during recent months, and they've resulted in great effects to the U.S. ag exports, with those effects hitting farmers' income. I asked Rob LaRue, National Farmers Union Vice President for Public Policy and Communications, to take a shot at projecting where trade negotiations might be during the upcoming months.
6: Boy, that is the question around here today, and I have to say that probably the answer to that is I have no idea, and I don't think anybody has, uh, and that's really the driving message right now is that the uncertainty that we're seeing, which is affecting the market, keeping prices down and so forth, that's probably going to continue uh, at least for the foreseeable future. A lot of folks are focused on USMCA right now and whether or not it's going to get done this year or early next year and so forth. Farmers Union still has some problems with it, we'd like to see some changes to the, uh, to the uh, overall agreement, but but what I will say is that if we get it done this year or in early next year, what it would do is bring a little bit of certainty. Now, NAFTA itself, the agreement doesn't change much of our existing agreements with Mexico and, and Canada. The effects in agriculture are going to be minimal, but I think the one positive thing would bring a little bit of certainty. The one area that is still just an enormous question, though, is China, and I don't, I'm don't. i not very hopeful there right now. I don't think when you uh, take a strategy, like the White House did, where you poke all of your trading partners and allies around the world uh, in the eye first and slap tariffs on them, and then you go after the biggest beast of all in China, a player that most of those allies are in agreement with you on, uh, but you go in there unilaterally and hope to get the, the whole ball. Um, I, I think that's probably unrealistic. I know that folks are hopeful that we're going to that we're just this close, but quite frankly, we've been hearing that for a while. And even if they make marginal changes there, I think the long-lasting effect of the strategy on this trade war are going to be felt by farmers. Um, you know, right now, as tough as times are, um, if we didn't have these trade payments going on right now, it would be much worse. So the fact is, trade war has been very, very problematic.
5: Will we get some of those markets back with, say, China? China Has Brazil and uh, other trade partners with China, are they filling the gap that we're not going to get some of them back? And how optimistic are you that some of these numbers that the president is putting on dollar purchases are ever going to materialize?
6: I'm not very hopeful on that. I mean, when you have a player like China who has such an enormous kind of track record of failing to follow through on their uh, commitments and so forth. Um, I just don't see that necessarily. We might get small wins, but long-term wins, I think, are are very unlikely. I think, again, the fact is, is that we're going to have long-lasting effects uh, there. And when you take, uh, that's in those markets where that really affects it, right? When you look at markets, uh, say, for example, dairy, um, as much as our uh, exports on dairy are growing and increasing. The fact is that it still has a pretty small effect on price right now. And the fact is that dairy farmers, whether in Wisconsin or anywhere around the country, are too good at what they do, if you will. And they are just producing so much milk. Uh, U.S. consumers are, are eating a lot more butter and cheese, but less fluid milk We've got to get a handle on that supply. We've got to get a better price out there for family farmers. Why we expect, whether it's dairy farmers or ranchers uh, or grain farmers out there, uh, to somehow uh, cobble together the resources and the financing to put, either put a crop in the ground or produce milk at huge losses year after year and call that sustainable is really a, an enormous problem that we're, we can't do in the long term.
5: Come back to USMCA, if you will. Yeah. You made mention of NAFTA, and I'd heard it in the past that in the end, it isn't a lot different. Can you? Be, what are the differences? We've been kicking that around. What are the differences uh, between the two?
6: Yeah, well, obviously we get a little bit of additional access to the Canadian market uh, for some of the dairy products. But, you know, when, again, you know, what is it? Wisconsin produces, I forget, you know, an enormous amount of milk, you know, beyond the entire Canadian uh, market there. So what we're talking about is marginal increases, um, you know, in the agreement in terms of access for some of the products. We also see... Some changes in the way dispute settlement so so lawyers probably are happy about some of the changes there, and it might make things run a little bit smoother, but in terms of any kind of access uh, to us farmers that is really going to drive uh, price and a better market i don 't think we 're going to see that, and that 's really the challenge you know we would love to see uh, country of origin labeling quite frankly reinstated into uh, the new NAFTA. Um, we don't think that's likely we'd love to see it though uh, you know and we have policies in this trade agreement quite frankly they're really problematic we have policy in there that ties US lawmakers hands so that we cannot lower the cost of certain uh, prescription drugs prescription drug prices what is that doing in a trade agreement right here right now and we know that you know drug costs are a huge problem whether it's family farmers or any residents out there
5: that's it a- Thank you for that answer and clarifying some of that. Talk about Dean Foods, not, not involved with trade at all. Talk about Dean Foods.
6: Wow. I think really the big question right here when you have such an announcement like this and obviously tied to that message, uh, the ongoing talks right now with uh, DFA and whether or not they'll be purchasing some of those assets and so forth. Uh, or whether it ends up being some other buyers and so forth. This is just more bad news, right, for dairy farmers uh, everywhere. Uh, we continue to see huge consolidation. And that's across the – it's not just on the on the uh, processing side, but it's also in the co-op side. And what effect does this have on individual dairy farmers out there? We know the loss is right. Whether it's two farms that we're losing a day in Wisconsin or anywhere in the country, those problems are going to subsist until we get a handle on – supply I certainly hope in this review of any purchases and so forth that the Justice Department looks at all antitrust uh, situations really carefully here because again uh, we need to make sure that whatever agreement is out there that hopefully it is in the best interest of family farmers but we're we're not particularly optimistic at this point
5: how big of margin does a company need a Dean foods to survive versus what a dairy farmer is making on their pay price.
6: Wow. I'm not sure that I can, you know, even come close to answering that. But here's the bottom line on what we're seeing happening in dairy Uh, is eerily close to what we have seen happen in the chicken market and what we have seen happen in the hog market. And quite frankly, what we want to make sure is that we not have a chickenization of the dairy industry.
5: Okay, that's Rob LaRue, Vice President of Public Policy with the National Farmers Union. On the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, I'm Scott Schultz.
1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
4: Another Rig Your Ride idea from Madison Auto Trim. When you want to impress someone, You
1: could fan them with fig leaves and drop grapes in their mouth, or simply surprise them with a seat heater from Madison Auto Trim. We install one seat, two seat, and even seat heaters with massage. It keeps you warm, it keeps you flexible, and relieves pain.
2: Madison Auto Trim
1: and
4: accessories affordable luxury you deserve to have. Improve what you already got and rig your ride with Madison Auto Trim. It may not require a textbook but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Wisconsin's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association.
0: Here at Prairie Estates Genetics, we provide dairy farmers with high-quality silage minus the risks. You see, by combining our next-gen seed and next-gen forage management services, we're able to help dairy farmers improve harvest consistency, feed consistency, and milk production consistency. So why not do the same for your farm? Visit prairieestatesgenetics.com and see how you can make next year's harvest your best one yet. Prairie Estates Genetics, the future of forage is here.
4: An industry that feeds the world is definitely worth talking about. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report.
0: 5.17 now on kind of a foggy start to our Wednesday morning, at least around uh, southern Wisconsin. I know Mauston, uh, La Crosse, dense Fog Advisory out for you folks. Stu Mock Egg, meteorologist joining us live from the thriving metropolis of Eden. What do you got up uh, that neck of the woods? Is it foggy uh, outside of Fond du Lac?
1: A little bit. We're on the edge of the line. I mean, the Dense Fog Advisory is on a line from, as they describe it now, from Berlin to Hartford to Beloit.
0: Berlin to so, Hartford Beloit. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but that's not, but lacrosse and Boston, those guys are. La Crosse,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lacrosse, Boston, Madison, every, everything west of that line. Oh,
0: oh, oh, gotcha.
1: Yeah, that's it. So over here on the toward the lake shore, you know, it's not as bad,
0: right? Well, for right <laughs> now, for right now, let's see how long that that holds on. Oh, you know, the, despite the visibility conditions out there this morning, Stu, you walk outside and it's it's just not a shock to your system. You know what I mean? It's decent but, outside this morning.
1: It's very mild, but you know that's a sign of things to come, and I think we all know how that works. You get this little more mild spell, and it feels pretty nice. And before the day's out, I think we're all going to be looking at rainfall, uh, especially then as we head on toward the evening, the dark hours, and overnight. That's when rain is going to be developing. And unfortunately, I'm going to talk about measurable rain. Now, I pulled my rain gauge in the other day. I think I'll take it back out today so we can see what we have here tomorrow. But what's all shaped up is low pressure is going to build in from the west, the low I expect by oh, late today. will be around that uh, northern edge of Iowa, southeast Minnesota, and it's going to build northeast right across Wisconsin, and by late tomorrow, be around northern lower Michigan. And as it crosses through the state, yes, it is going to bring precipitation right ahead of it. Mild air is able to build in, so those temperatures moderate. That all sounds great. You know, it's kind of nice to think about. that will actually be warmer than normal. Our normals right now in the very low 40s, 42 max Madison 41 Lacrosse everybody else right in that neck of the woods we're going to talk mid 40s today even warmer tomorrow but that's all going to be with this foggy damp kind of feel and then rain how much rain I know that's our concern we don't need any more moisture we don't need to add to the muddiness we're seeing or keep that standing grain wet with the falling rain Unfortunately, I think as rain begins around here and lasts on through the night and into the day Thursday, most forecast maps now pushed us up into that half to maybe three quarters of an inch range. There's one little bullseye, if you will, kind of an extended line from around Boston up toward northern parts of the, the lakeshore, the northern parts of the uh, Lake Winnebago, the Fox Valley. In that range, over an inch is pretty likely, right in that little stripe. So I think we are going to have plenty of rainfall. Going to be a lot to talk about rainfall-wise tomorrow morning and on through the day Thursday. The one thing that happens then after that low moves to lower Michigan Winds tomorrow become northerly, they tap into a cooler air mass, still very, very mild, well above normal Thursday, but cooling pretty quickly, below normal by Friday, and then a slow warm up in the weekend, not too far from normal or a little bit above, sounding nicer there, maybe giving us a little bit of drying, but you know we're at that time of the year where you add that uh, half inch to three quarters of an inch of rain, it's not going to dry up in a big hurry, the daylight hours aren't that long. We don't get that good warmth and a good drying breeze. So it's going to get and stay muddy, unfortunately. It'll be that way right into next week. And I expect another round of a little rain or snow probably around Monday night and certainly by next week,
4: Tuesday. I'll have forecast details
1: right after this.
3: Your local FS is member-owned.
4: And that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS InVision and FS Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best,
3: would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision Corn or High Soy Soybean Seed today. At Harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company.
4: Interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company? Rural Mutual Insurance is offering a $2,000 signing bonus to new agents hired before December 2nd. That's right, a great career with a great Wisconsin company, plus a $2,000 signing bonus if you're hired before December 2nd. Apply online today at
0: ruralmutual.com slash careers.
5: Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin
0: strong. 522 now on a Wednesday morning. All right Stu, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, what we're going to expect? When do you think this fog's going to burn off? <laughs>
1: Well, it'll thin out pretty well here in the next handful of hours. The dense fog advisory is in effect until nine. You know, even by then, the visibility will be a little better, but I think we'll have that haziness, that that damp mistiness around, and that's going to stick with us all day. Now, after that dense fog advisory today, I still expect a cloudy day, certainly a bit more mild, mid 40s, almost everywhere, with winds becoming southeast about five to 10. Clouds and fog developing later tonight, rain earlier. on. showers falling in the nighttime breezy mid-30s if we even drop that far probably a lot of upper 30s overnight south winds about 8 to 18 fog clouds rain thursday rain at least through the morning maybe some sprinkles later in the day like i said rain amounts easily up into the half or three quarter inch range probably heavier Most and up toward the fox valley now look for tomorrow's high Probably closer to 50 degrees, really mild south winds, a good 8 to 18 and gusty. They become northwest uh, in the afternoon as that cold front passes through. Gust tomorrow could be up to around 35. We dry it out then. Sunny skies on Friday, mid thirties, north winds at five to 10. Some sun expected this weekend, Pam, 40 or maybe some low forties around for highs. That doesn't sound bad, but it is going to be muddy.
0: You know, and just about the time that I thought our deer hunters were going to have tracking snow, now it looks like we're going to be tracking, but in mud. Hey.
1: Yeah, tracking mud and dragging it back to the truck <laughs> later. Oh boy, good times.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, at least the temperatures—you're not going to need the not going to need the fire as much this year as you maybe would have in the past.
1: No, sitting out there around forty or so—that's that's not too
0: hard to tolerate. You can nap. You can nap. I hear it. All <laughs> That'd right, be my job. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. All right, see ya. Stumach, our ag meteorologist. All right, like you said, dense fog advisory, basically in effect, La Crosse, Mauston, and Madison till 9 o'clock this morning. In La Crosse right now, fog in 37. Mauston, fog in 36. Fond du Lac's got cloudy skies. They're at 36. Oshkosh, likewise, cloudy skies in 36. At the airport in Madison, fog and 37 degrees. Coming up after 5.30, this weather has made drying corn very difficult, and it's expensive. Talking about the propane shortage after 5.30.
4: This is the
1: Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: So I am the proud owner of two little Sheltie dogs, and thank goodness I know my buddies at Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street Sun Prairie. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, here to explain. So I love my little dogs, but they are literally fur factories. They have gotten fur in every corner of my Zimbrick Suburban. So... What I didn't realize, Zimbrick Chevrolet in Sun Prairie basically has an auto spa. They can clean every inch of the interior and exterior of your ride, make it look like new. That same smell, that beautiful look that you had the first day you drove it off the lot. And listen, I don't have time for all that bucket and hose business. Plus, Zimbrick Chevrolet just does it better. Why don't you take a look at the auto spa and what they can do to dress up your ride. Maybe you've got a wedding, a graduation, something special coming up, and it's appropriate. Give them a call. Check in today. Zimbrick Chevrolet, my friends, right there on Main Street, Sun Prairie. And do be sure to tell them the farm babe sent you.
2: Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an a certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater.
8: The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying a suspicious person. On November 5th at 3.20 p.m., a 13-year-old girl walking home from school on Westbrook Lane reported being touched inappropriately. The victim said a man who told her he was 16 began walking with her on Raymond Road while making casual conversation. As he was about to depart, he asked for a hug. While she did not consent, he began hugging her. It was at this time she was touched inappropriately. The victim immediately went home and contacted a parent. The suspect is described as a black male dark complexion, five foot eight, thin build, with light stubble on his upper lip. He was wearing a blue Chicago Bears-type jacket with orange sleeves, blue jeans, and black shoes. The girl thought he looked more like in his 20s than 16 and indicated she did not know him. If you have any information regarding the identity of this suspect or information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for cash reward.
9: Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsaWist.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. You need corn hybrids with genetics and traits bred and tested in local conditions. I'm Shannon Latham. That's what you get from family-owned, proudly independent Latham High Tech Seeds. Numbers developed for your fields. New Star 4795 VT Double Pro Rib features great disease tolerance. Five-time first test winner, 5245 VT Double Pro Rib is a Goss Boss. And 5739 Smart Stacks Rib is a widely adapted Gladiator Hybrid. Pick the best field by field at LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM.
8: The value of your tractor is only as good as the dealer support it's backed by. And at Ziegler Ag Equipment, we're behind you every acre of the way. We don't just give you a product or a service. We give you our word, and we stand behind the brands we carry. Dependable brands like Fent, Challenger, Rogator, Interrogator, Massey Ferguson, and more. For information on all our products and service offerings, work with your Ziegler Ag sales rep or visit us online at zieglerag.com to see our inventory of new and used machinery.
10: All right, so Tony uh, Tony Cartagena with us. Uh, we will get to the Bucks coming up. But I, look, I love the ball and glove. Who doesn't? I think it's one of the great logos of, of all time in sports. Here's my only complaint, and I wonder, was this asked by anyone in the media last night when you were there? My only complaint, where is the powder blue? Because the 80s ball and glove logo with the road powder blue, I think, is on the pantheon of the greatest sports jer- uniforms of all time. Did anybody ask... Was there a thought of bringing back the powder blue and were they disappointed anyone in the media that they didn't have the powder blue?
11: I didn't hear that asked specifically. Last night was more focused on kind of the, like the deciding factors that went into the the jerseys that they unveiled. But the one thing with jersey reveals is that, and the NFL does this, when when a team releases their new jerseys, they don't necessarily release alternates or throwbacks or yeah. city edition if you're the NBA. You know what I mean? Like these are... The four jerseys on field last night, those are the Brewers' four main jerseys. We're going to see those a ton in 2020 and beyond. But that doesn't mean they're not going to have a throwback night. That so doesn't tell mean they're not going to have a special edition night either. So yeah. I, would, I would assume things like that are going to happen. Nike, with them taking over, they do so many crazy things when it comes to gear. So I really think the possibilities are endless. Two questions. I mean, take us through what happened last night, you know, from start to finish, because you were there covering it. And before you do that, were they wearing, they had Nike, but were they wearing Adidas cleats? That's what they look like. So I tweeted out a picture, um, and I, I'm not positive on what brand each each athlete that was there. It was Braun, Woodruff, Suter, and Hira, who they individually represent. But, yeah, the cleat that I tweeted out, or just the – it wasn't a cleat last night. It was more just like a casual shoe. But they were all wearing – it looked to be a, a form of like an Adidas turf shoe. So maybe maybe those guys just have deals with them or, or the footwear is a little bit different. But that's what I – what I snagged a photo of because so I was kind of confused by that as well. But that's one of those weird things you don't like asking yeah. athletes in public, especially <laughs> when there's cameras around, like, hey, why are you wearing a Adidas shoe? Because if they have a deal with someone else, like yeah. that question can cost them money. Hey, so. Tony, on
10: a non-Jersey uh, item visiting with our guy, Tony Cartagena. were you able to sneak in? When are they going to go sign a pitcher? Because n- n- no disrespect to the jerseys, <laughs> those are pretty badass, but I'm more worried about who's wearing the jerseys. And uh, last I checked, they have like three starting pitchers on their 40-man roster. So uh, do we know when we're going to get some pitchers uh, in Milwaukee?
11: I don't think they know exactly when, but I do know that you know with the moves a couple weeks ago, whether it was the Eric Thames move or the Chase Anderson move, I mean, they freed up what would have cost them a right around $17 million going into next season. Uh, that could be one player. That could be a couple different players. Um, but they are obviously making roster moves to try to free up some some capital in order to sign some of those players. And David Searns has shown in the past that uh, he's willing to go ask – Owner Mark Antonaggio to write that check, uh, and you know he, the owner, spoke last night. He mentioned the world, the name World Series, a handful of times, and said we are trying to win a World Series wearing these new uniforms and getting it done in this 50th season. So the the checks are going to have to be written, and um, they've shown going up in payroll year after year that they're willing to do so. So I do think though, like so, you have Brandon Woodruff. Uh, he's obviously going to be back, but you look at a guy, even just like a Jordan Lyles, who was so dominant for you down the stretch last year. You got to try to bring him back, but that also depends on you know what Drew Pomerantz, and uh, coming out of the bullpen, what his price tag is going to be because he's highly sought after. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of rumors and a lot of things thrown. Hey, around Ga-
10: Tony Garrett Cole in that ball and glove jersey yeah. is going to look amazing next summer in Milwaukee.
11: You would have to buy four hundred million of those. From <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony, let me. To I got to ask you, man. You had a really good tweet last night that got me thinking too. So you, I'm going to read your tweet. It said, "I've always been a Ryan Braun supporter, but if you had told me in 2013 that in six years he'll be one of the franchise faces to unveil new uniforms or even still in the team, I would have thought you were drunk." Like, talk yeah, more about Ryan Braun still being here. Love it. It's kind of crazy, right? Like I remember when it was you know, the Ryan Braun to Dodgers trade rumors, or I followed up that tweet too by saying like in the summer of 2013, the team was giving away vouchers to every fan who came in the stadium because of the suspension to Ryan Braun. And like fans in our own stadium were writing cheater on his jersey or his shirt and booing him when he was at game. And now he was the first guy out last night unveiling these new uniforms. And he's, when I think of the team, like he's, He's a face of the franchise. I know he's not, you know, MVP Ryan Braun anymore because we're eight years removed from that, but he still, you know, gets trotted on out there as one of the guys that they want representing the team in the public eye, and it's kind of crazy. He's definitely come around. That he did.
1: this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: Warmer temperatures on the way today, but remember, we've got a dense fog advisory out for a good chunk of our listening area this morning. lacrosse Boston, Madison area, everybody under cloudy skies. But like I said, milder temperatures. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agro News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. So on this day, back in 1859, first baseball game in Milwaukee. It was actually at the fairgrounds. Two teams of seven made uh, history. First baseball game in Milwaukee on this date back in 1859. On this date in 1923, the traffic signal was patented. And on this date in 1985, believe it or not, Windows 1 was released by Microsoft. It came with paint, notepad, calculator, and a game called Reversi. And now everybody familiar with Windows, and now you know well, many farmers are familiar with the strain we've been experiencing trying to find propane. We've got a lot of wet crop out there, and uh, everyone seems to be paying attention to the supply situation. Caitlin Riley joins us from Lacrosse this morning with an update on the propane shortage farmers are
9: experiencing. You may recall in recent weeks, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers declared an energy emergency for the state. Executive Order 56 says Wisconsin propane terminals are experiencing increased out-of-state demand with grain drying and a lack of propane in Iowa, Illinois, and Minnesota. The Propane Education Research Council says this year has posed a set of unusual problems. But Director of Egg Business Development Mike Newland says they're working through it.
3: We have plenty of fuel If you're in a situation where you don't have the availability, it doesn't matter how much we have. So logistically, we're strained, and it's it's a function of the crop all went in at the same time. It was late going in, which means it's late coming out. And that is the same way from Indiana all the way back through the upper Midwest all the way to Dakotas. We are drying using more propane per bushel to dry than we've used 20 years and it's across a huge piece of geography. We are running into logistics challenges. It's it's hard to meet the demand across that big of an area at a record pace. As an industry, we're doing a great job. Our state execs and state associations are working with many of the governors and directors of ag across those states. We've got hours of service waivers in place, which what that means is those transport drivers can exceed their hour limits. We've got extra transport trucks that have been brought into some of those areas by our larger wholesale customers within the industry. So we've got more trucks on the road, they're able to be out longer per day. So really the industry is rallying behind the cause. We're working on it 24-7. I wish I could tell you we're moving faster than we are, but right now everybody's running combines. It's hard to catch up from a situation. What we're hoping will happen, we'd like to see the weather break a little bit because we have livestock buildings competing for those same gallons and homes competing for those same gallons as we could be running through a grain dryer. And harvest is in some key areas a little bit on the downward side uh, on corn harvest. So we're hoping here in the next uh, 10 days to 2 weeks we see a little slowdown on the drying needs in some of those big areas and then we can push some of the gallons to other areas of the country. We think we got a handle on it in the longer term, short term. There could be some bumps in the road. We understand that that's a very emotional thing that's going on. We're with uh, the farmers and understanding that and doing everything that we can in the short term to to make it as painless or pain-free as possible.
9: And we're always looking for ways to become more efficient, cut costs in agriculture. And it sounds like your research council is really getting innovative when it comes to how we're powering our equipment on farms.
3: Yeah, we do a lot of development work, a lot of research work. We are looking for opportunities in agriculture to utilize the supply of propane that we have. So propane is a a clean, versatile fuel. It's exceptional. It doesn't go out of condition like some other fuels that are used on the farms. It's portable. We can set tanks where it needs to be very easily. It will run irrigation engines. We use it for building heat, for livestock buildings, hot water systems for livestock operations that have want to upgrade to an on-demand system. We do some innovative things. We use propane to kill weeds these days. So we have weed flaming equipment that essentially the flame disrupts the cell growth of the weed and uh, the weed dies. We also have some new things that we're going to start promoting as well and I call them agronomic heat treat and we're using propane to burn and generate heat that disrupt the life cycles of insects and also disrupts uh, life cycles of some diseases that affect various crops. It's a very versatile fuel. We can do a lot with it. got an abundant supply of it in the country. In addition to educating people about things like that, we do offer incentives to farmers who are looking to buy a new system or to upgrade. We offer incentives that total up to $5,000, and that depends on the segment that you're selecting, whether it's an irrigation engine or a building heat. But it's up to $5,000. All the details are on our website, propane.com farmincentive farm incentive. And the applications are there and all the details for the incentives are there as well.
9: And how does propane compare with other fuels out there as far as sustainability? Not only the price point, but also a lot of our consumers out there that farmers are producing the food for want to know that we're being environmentally conscientious.
3: We are very proud of how environmentally friendly propane is. The emissions are considerably less than diesel. We don't have containment issues. So I think we've got a huge advantage over other fuels in that regard. It's a fantastic fuel. All the details, facts, and figures, and if somebody wants to dig into it, are available at Propane.com.
9: Once again, that's Mike Newland, the Director of Ag Business Development with the Propane Education Research Council, reassuring farmers and homeowners that there isn't a propane shortage, but a temporary strain on the fuel this fall. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Caitlin Riley.
0: Kind of like a slap in the face the way that Mother Nature has decided to change on us. Fabulous farm babe, Bam Yonke here for my buddies at McFarland's right there in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, where everything is under one roof. And I'll tell you what, if you got surprised by how quickly the elements changed, hey, McFarland's has your back. So drop on by if you're looking for those winter tires you're going to depend on through these long winter months. Or maybe it's a project you wanted to finish up on the house. Maybe it's something about windows or doors or making sure your house is ready for the winter. They've got it all under one roof. Or maybe it's something out in the tool shed. Maybe you need to winterize that lawnmower or maybe get it ready for spring next year. Or maybe it's a tune-up on that snowblower. Maybe the chainsaw needs attention. Hey, Whatever it is, McFarland's has you covered all under one roof. Don't believe me? Stop by for yourself. 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. It's 542. Well, Wisconsin's October milk numbers came out yesterday, and our milk production went up by about one percentage point. 2.57 billion pounds of milk produced in the state for the month of October with 6,000 fewer cows compared to a year ago. Every one of the cows that remains producing about 30 pounds of milk more this year than she did last. Markets in overnight electronic trade are a little bit mixed. The December corn right now down a penny and a half, three sixty-eight and a half. November soybeans are up two and three quarter cents, nine fourteen and a quarter. December wheats down two right now at five ten. July new crop down two and a quarter at five nineteen a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago yesterday dropped another half a cent to two fifteen. Forty pound block cheese, that was down three at one eighty-three and three quarters, while double A butter dropped a penny on Tuesday. To two oh six and a half per pound. Right now, December milk's unchanged at eighteen thirty nine a hundred weight. We've got January down a penny at seventeen ninety two a hundred weight. Just in case you're wondering, of the twenty three major dairy producing states, Arizona was down about six percentage points, Pennsylvania down three and a half as far as overall milk, but then look at Texas up nine point three percent, Colorado up six percent as far as milk production for the month of October. Coming up next, Corn Soy Expo just around the corner. Bob Carl's executive director of the Wisconsin Soybean Association joins us next. This
1: is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
4: In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet.
9: But the most important moment happens when we all stand together.
4: United for a great cause.
10: We once again join our partners, Stand Up to Cancer, in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together,
4: will defeat, we'll defeat cancer. cancer. I'm Matt Damon.
9: I'm Candace Patton.
4: Joe Manganiello.
10: Jordana Brewster.
8: Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba.
10: Cancer has in some way touched
0: all of us.
8: So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease.
0: Visit standuptocancer.org
2: MLB. Stand up with us. Someday everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an a certified dealer of Rinnai tankless water heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Rinnai tankless water heaters are up to 40 percent more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater
4: Old McDonald was real and actually had a farm. Hey. She'd talk about it. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with
0: Pam Yankee. Well, the winter is full of great educational conferences and all kinds of events that you can attend and one that is very well attended and uh, definitely a gathering spot for the leading corn and soybean growers in our state and the region is the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. Pam Yonke here, along with the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, just reminding farmers about that upcoming corn soy event and maybe some of the behind the scenes information gathering that you're not aware of. Uh, Bob Carls, executive director of the Wisconsin Soybean Association and the Soybean Marketing Board, in studio with us. You know, we were we were kind of laughing, Bob, that. Uh, you and I have been there repeatedly every year. There's a lot of corn and soybean growers across the state that have been there repeatedly. I can't remember, though, how how long it's been in Wisconsin Dells.
7: In Wisconsin Dells, I think, if I guess correctly, we're about 12 years okay. there. We're very excited. We are at the Kalahari again, of course, this year, but we're going to be in that new, expanded, remodeled area, a whole new expo center for us, which is really exciting. Um, a, a big atrium with lots lots of light coming in where the farmers gather uh, visit with exhibitors, uh, learn the latest in uh, technologies, uh, visit with uh, extension uh, personnel that are there talking about latest in their research projects as well as our motivational speakers, economic speakers. We'll even throw in a little bit of political speaker in there. It's going to be... Uh, We're in. We're in twenty. We'll be in twenty twenty. So it's a big year. So we're going to be wanting some more of that uh, political insight as to how that's going to be affecting agriculture in the in the in the near future. You
0: know, and uh, the other thing that people need to realize is that trade show expansion is very much needed by the agricultural groups that are there. We've had inquiries on more exhibitors that wanted to get in with larger displays with larger equipment. This should facilitate some of that in the future,
7: won't it? Absolutely, and you know, in the past, we've been able to, um, you know, have people exhibit in the hallways and things of that nature. But now they'll all be in the grand hall together. Um, I'm very excited because it's very light and bright and open. Um, um, Exhibitors can take on more space. Farmers can have more room to move around. Uh, We'll be having some events, more events in the trade show area as well. Uh, We're excited. Uh, The everything is online. Uh, at cornsoyexpo.org, but it's also, uh, everything is going out in the mail as we speak, so farmers can sign up and sign up, you know, soon. And also, we remind people that at the Kalahari, there is uh, limited lodging. So uh, if you if you want to, make sure you book your room early to get your conference rate. Please
0: do that. That is something. And this, the other reason why the Kalahari for Agriculture works out so well is aside from that expanded trade facility, there is all, always that little family valve that we can release while we're up there. If you want to bring the kids along, that water park helps to give families that otherwise wouldn't take a winter break that opportunity.
7: Absolutely. So it all, you know, we the rates are really wonderful for families to come. It's easy access uh, for um, from throughout the state, and uh, it's very welcoming to families, and we want that to continue into the future.
0: Let's talk a little bit about uh, the number of attendees that we'll see. When I say this is the premier event of the season for corn and soybean growers, I'm not kidding. Uh, we have capped out. I mean, you get so many walk-up registrations that things get very squeezed in in those old facilities. What what kind of numbers will we be able to accommodate now, Bob?
7: We'll be able to increase our numbers. Uh, last year, you have to remember, we had the polar vortex on the morning of the first morning, and I thought, oh goodness, we will not have any walk-ins. And sure enough, we had them lined up out the door, and it was 30 below zero. Yep. Um, That's not a windchill factor. So, um, you know, farmers, they're resilient and they want to be there. But we always tell farmers, you know, there is an an extra charge we have to have at the door. Please register, you know, early. Um, As a member, um, goodness, the rates are so low and reasonable, including uh, all conference materials, great speakers, meals. um, And you'll be in this new beautiful facility and we always like the fact that we can tell people when we have to list out the directions on how to get to the Kalahari, all you have to do is say exit 92. Yeah. So because it's right there, all beautiful, and you you can't get lost finding it.
0: We, uh, I'm guessing somewhere in the neighborhood 1,500, 2,000 by the end of the
7: show? When all said and done with exhibitors and and attendees, absolutely over the, the course of the two days, yes, that's that's right about where our numbers fall. And we're really thrilled at that because those our exhibitors know those are quality Farmers that are there that are learning, want to learn, and taking a lot of information.
0: And that is the thing I also have been noticing over the past couple of years, the demographic shift. It's not just dad or grandpa. We have got a lot of young innovators, young uh, uh, growers that are driving on technology and the information that's generated at that show.
7: Well, Pam, you and I are getting old (laughs) at that show. Um, I can remember when we all started this about 30 years ago, you and I, that... um, you know, we were there with people that we could. They, they were very similar <laughs> to our grandfathers, and things have changed, and we're thrilled because that's the new face of ag. Yeah. And they want to be in there and learn. They're also accessing what other programs we sponsor throughout the year, whether it's the apps that we uh, fund through extension or through the other websites we have, like Badger Crop Doc, mm-hmm. uh, through Doctor Smith or through Doctor Conley. We <clears throat> Cool Info. Those are all things that we're. Very proud of through the marketing board that we cooperate with Extension because that is so important to get that information out to the farmers.
0: Absolutely. Let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Bob Carl's in studio with us, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Soybean Association, which is also the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. One of the other reasons why I like to see growers attend these meetings, it's the opportunity to really get connected with where your checkoff dollars are being invested. It is about, of course, public education, consumer outreach, but it's also about that cutting-edge research that is not done anywhere else for Wisconsin ag agriculture, you mentioned Dr. Sean Connolly, Dr. Damon Smith, Rodrigo Worley, all of those guys uh, are going to be submitting works. And if you've got any question on where your association dollars or your checkoff dollars are being invested, this is the place where it's all showcased.
7: Well, I don't, well, I'm going to say it. Wisconsin has pretty much the premium uh, research team in the country. And that has been pointed out to me when I'm with my colleagues (laughs) from other states. Um, it's also pointed out to me when I know that people would like to transfer some of these people <laughs> to other states. So we're very proud of the group that we have here. The, the marketing board, uh, the, they manage the checkoff dollars, the portion that stays here in the state, which is half of what is collected uh, from the farmer, and uh, that money stays here. But our board puts the highest priority they feel here in Wisconsin on production research. So that the bottom line, it's about the bottom line for the soybean farmer, bringing them the latest information back so that they can assure that they have a bottom line, that there can we can have some profitability in soybean production. Um, We have had some challenges the last couple of years, albeit whether that the, the price dropped last year and we can say if it was due to the tariffs or for what. You know, this year we've had... Weather challenges, um, to say the least. Whether it was at the beginning of the season or now, here we are with snow-covered soybean fields. So, um, but farmers are resilient, and we just keep. And we're going to be having research in, information coming in on on how to harvest uh, soybeans in the snow, which we never really <laughs> have before. So, um, it is that is the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board's primary goal is to get information back out to the farmer on the cutting edge technology again through these different outlets that we've mentioned. And uh, we hope that farmers access them. They're there for them.
0: Absolutely. And like we said, aside from the staff that will be there physically, all of that research information will be presented in different breakout sessions, and it will all be available to you. Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, the dates again, Bob?
7: February 6th and 7th, that is the last thir- the first Thursday and Friday in February.
0: Absolutely. Get your reservations in today at uh, the Kalahari Resort so that you and your family can enjoy not only the conference, the great entertainment, the camaraderie, the networking, the showcasing in the trade show area, but also, like we said, a little family break if you so desire. You can uh, find out more dot cornsoyexpo.org and get registered for the conference right there. So remember... Uh, There will be a little bit of a premium if you decide you've got to wait until you walk in. Why not plan accordingly? Regardless of the weather, we'd love to see you. Two days worth of fantastic information. The cutting edge conference for our corn and soybean growers. That is Corn Soy Expo 2020. cornsoyexpo.org. And again, like we said, don't forget about all the rest of the websites that are supported by the soybean checkoff dollars. Those include, of course, coolbean.info, the uh, com, as well as badgercrop.com. All right, Bob Carls, Executive